Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash savagepremium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who is at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Welcome back to the Michael Savage Podcast. You know, I saw that the word civil war is trending on Twitter last week. Because today, pundits on the left and right are warning about the political fault lines that are tearing this nation apart. In 2013, I wrote, Stop the Coming Civil War. That's 10 years ago. It may have seemed outrageous to suggest such an event was possible in this nation. No, I was just ahead of my time as usual. And I want to revisit this important seminal book that is more important than ever before. In my book, Stop the Coming Civil War, I outlined the long march to statelessness and corruption that has reached the highest levels now under Joe Biden. Let's see what Michael Savage wrote back in 2013, published in 2014, and see if there's any veracity to it. Ooh, big word, veracity. I'll bet the press secretary to Biden doesn't even know what the word veracity means. She never stepped on it. The NSA and American insecurity. Oh, it's boring. I don't want to read it. Uh, in Syria, let's move on. Not interested. Ukraine. Hmm. Page 242. Let me make sense of what happened in Ukraine for you, Savage wrote. The legitimately elected Ukrainian president, Viktor Yanukovych, was ousted and the country placed in the hands of rebel forces spearheaded by Chechen Islamist radicals. Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Nuland, along with Obama's advisor Susan Rice, are neoconservatives. The neocons don't care which side you're on as long as they can work with you to create a political situation that, that they can grow into a war from which they will profit. Ooh, who wrote that? The so-called Ukrainian revolution was fostered and encouraged by Nuland, Rice, and U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Piat. Over the weeks leading to the February 2014 uprising, these three were instrumental in staging a destabilization campaign. Working with Ukrainian rebels, they fostered the Ukrainian uprising that caused Yanukovych to flee from Kiev, is written here. In fact, it was Nuland herself who selected the new Ukrainian prime minister. She had this lined up three weeks before the insurrection in Ukraine started. Newland's famous statement, F the EU, was leaked early in February, and it was a covert admission made public that we we're on the side of the insurgents. That recording revealed that the administration favored installing Vitaly Klitschko as their choice to be deputy PM of Ukraine, with Arseny Yatsenyuk, Yats, as they referred to him, being their choice as prime minister. Now, here it comes now for those of you who can follow the bouncing ball. Arizona Senator John McCain. Oh, ring the bell. I don't have one. Gong, gong, gong. 
John McCain was also part of this duplicity. McCain went to Kiev in December of 2013 and helped incite the mobs who would ultimately overthrow the legitimately elected president. If there was such a thing as a Nobel Anti-Peace Prize, I wrote, McCain would win it hands down for his work in Egypt and Syria, topped off by what's, what he's done in Ukraine. McCain was proposing nothing less than we stage a military intervention in Ukraine, as he's done many times before. McCain was in Syria, secretly backing rebels there, rebels who turned out to be Islamist radicals, supposedly our sworn enemies. Ooh, McCain the war hero. McCain also made a covert trip to Libya, where he received an award from the military. This happened on the very day Sharia law was declared in that country, the same day McCain arrived. Oh, he really is the Manchurian candidate. While he was in Ukraine, McCain met with a number of rebels who were intent on regime change in that country, and he expressed regret that he wasn't having success, saying, I do not see a military option, and it's tragic. That's John McCain, war hero. The U.S.-supported insur insurgents took over Kiev and held the Ukrainian people hostage as the United States stood down and Putin amassed forces on the Russia-Ukraine border. As this was happening, Barack Obama mouthed the emptiest of words. There would be, quote, costs to Russia for military action against the insurgents, while the United States found that its hands were tied. In the early days of the rebellion, former Ukrainian President Yanukovych met with the rebels staging the uprising and the two parties agreed to stop the violence and make an orderly transition to a new government chosen in a new set of elections. Instead, the right-wing rebels ignored the agreement and took over Kiev by force. Those would be the Nazis that uh, Putin is talking about, the right-wing uh, rebels, the uh, Nazis who wear the same badge that the SS wore. You may not know that. The Azov Brigade, they wear the same insignia as the SS of Hitler. They took over Kiev by force with their armed patrols, maintaining control through violence. The situation in Ukraine, remember I wrote this in 2013, published in 2014. The situation in Ukraine, I wrote this 10 years ago, don't tell anybody. The situation in Ukraine has been painted as a conflict between Vladimir Putin's Russia, the so-called bad guys, and Ukrainian rebels, the so-called good guys, who seek to oust Russia from a position of influence in Ukraine, install a new government that will be responsive to the Ukrainian people. Don't believe a word of it. It was written in 2013, published in 2014. The Ukrainian nationalists are fascists. Washington's original purpose for staging a coup in Ukraine was to move Ukraine away from Russia and bring Ukraine into the EU. In other words, the neocons and the bought and paid for moderates in the Obama administration wanted to wrest control of Ukraine from Putin's hands and gain economic and energy control over the country. As one commentator has pointed out, Western nations with the United States leading the way have been provoking Putin for decades. We've expanded NATO to include former Soviet states. Ukraine looks like the next target. And we've attacked allies of Russia, including Libya and Iraq. The United States, along with other Western nations, through our incursions into the politics, economics, and national security of Russia and several of its allies, has effectively caused the situation that resulted in Putin standing ready to invade Ukraine militarily if necessary, written in 2013, published in 2014, happened in 2022. Putin is certainly not a good guy, Savage wrote, but he is not the villain in this. The Jews have always been the canaries in the coal mine of human rights in Russia, and Putin has been better to Russian Jews than any other Russian leader in the past century. With the elected government now driven out of Ukraine, 
the anti-Semitic U.S.-backed fascist thugs who have assumed control of vandalizing synagogues and threatening the lives of Jews in Ukraine. Now, I'm going to pause right there. They're so clever that they installed a Jewish head of state in Ukraine called Zelensky, the guy in the undershirt. Did you know that? He's the front man for the fascists. You didn't know that. I'm sorry. You didn't read that in the New York Times. Hmm. Well, I can go on. And I'll continue here. Obama's attempts at thwarting Putin have essentially forced him to deploy military assets to Crimea and to annex that country. Crimea is an important region that Russia ceded to Ukraine in the 1950s when the USSR was reaching the height of its power and Ukraine was one of its puppet states. Let me give you some background that will help you understand what went on in Russia, Ukraine and Crimea after the fall of the Soviet Union. I can't read any more of this. Because if I do, you'll come to understand I'm an enemy of the state because I know too much. And I don't want to be an enemy of the state, you see. We've come to understand that those in charge right now consider anyone who disagrees with their worldview as an enemy of the state. Hmm. So you may not know what's going on in the Ukraine-Russia conflict, but I wrote this in 2013, published in 2014. And I'll conclude the chapter in this little broadcast today by reading the end of this chapter. A small group of insiders in the U.S. government who have strong allegiances to a powerful group that favors war are running our foreign policy. And it's our allies who are most likely to be damaged by it. No, they've all joined the parade. I was wrong about that. Our allies were not damaged by it. They joined the fascist parade. Where U.S. interests are open to being undermined, George Soros is never far from the action. Soros funds the Open Society Foundations, which provides grants to agencies in EU countries that are actively working to undermine Russia. In a piece he wrote recommending that the EU intervene economically to help Ukraine, Ukraine financially viable, Soros had this to say, and I'll quote him now. The EU, along with the International Monetary Fund, is putting together a multi-billion dollar rescue package to save the country from financial collapse. But that will not be sufficient to sustain the national unity that Ukraine will need in the coming years. Ukraine will need outside assistance that only the EU can provide management expertise and access to markets. That was Soros then. And we see what's happened since. We're seeing American foreign policy at its nadir, I wrote. The savage truth stopping the coming civil war. And then I went on to the world liberal revolution in the back of the, the end of this book. Make no mistake about it, the world liberal revolution. It's come almost to its conclusion now. And I said this book is not just about the coming civil war in America, it's also about the conflict that the current administration is pushing in the name of a broader worldwide liberal revolution. As I see it, the forces of the left are attempting nothing less than a socialist takeover of the world economy and global politics. The world liberal revolution is what the tens of millions of conservative law-abiding Americans are fighting against, often without even knowing it. We are the equivalent of the anti-communists who fought Stalin. Michael Savage, a host like no other. My legacy are my words and my books. And books and words are one and the same, by the way. The broadcasts are verbal, oral, tradition. And of course, books are the written form of the same thing. So my best-selling book, Stop the Coming Civil War. I remember to this day, the day I wrote it. I remember the day the picture was taken. Stop the Coming Civil War, Center Street. I think it was my first book with this great publisher, owned by Hachette, my first in a line of six to seven bestsellers, one after the other, knocked them out of Yankee Stadium. And I'm very proud of the fact that it's still in paperback 
right now. But I want to read you two things from this important book. I quote the beginning of this book, Thomas Corwin to Abraham Lincoln in 1861, where he wrote, I cannot comprehend the madness of the times. Treason is in the air around us everywhere. It goes by the name of patriotism. That's Slappy Maxie. Didn't she say that? Didn't Slappy Maxie just quote God, the Bible, and say that Wilbur, the history is on our side? And here's what I wrote. People can justify a government's controversial policies and actions for only so long until they see a pattern of abuse of power. Then even the most devout supporters of any regime must decide if they support these extreme policies and actions or oppose them. With the current government, meaning Hussein, this point of no return was reached for some when they slowly realized the extent of the vast National Security Agency spying scandal. Let me pause right there. You remember the NSA spying scandal? Who was in charge of the NSA at the time? Do you remember who? The very same man who compared the detainment of children at the border with Auschwitz. The very same head of the deep state. Did you know that? You don't know how deep this deep state is. You talk about the swamp. There it is. For others, it was the release of known Islamist terrorists from the Guantanamo Bay prison without congressional knowledge by Hussein. Now listen to the next paragraph. For most Americans, the flood of tens of thousands of illegal immigrants from Central America, purposely created by the administration to overwhelm our southern borders, was the final straw. Still other supporters kept justifying one extremist act after another, justifying Hussein's policies and actions with rationalizations that included saying that those who opposed them were, listen carefully now, right-wing conspirators, racists, Obama haters, and the like. Yet for those of us who study governments that have taken nations from freedom to fascism, the handwriting has been on the wall for many years. My question is this. Will the Obama inner circle of extremist left-wing radicals trigger an event that will provoke an American insurrection or even a civil war? Is this concern to be dismissed as a right-wing conspiracy? Let me explain to you what is happening. And then you can read it yourself uh, in Stop the Coming Civil War. The book is as fresh today as it was uh, uh, when I wrote it, which was, I think, in 2013. Chapter 2 is even more interesting in a way. This was published in 2013. Time does fly. 2014. October 2014. We're coming on to October 2018, where um, Stop Mass Hysteria will come to complete this cycle. But the second chapter is entitled, well, the third chapter is entitled The War in Our Borders, Language, and Culture, Since Appropriated by Everyone in Radio and Television. They make believe they invented it. I didn't invent it, but I most articulated I articulated it most clearly. The war on our borders, language, and culture. The war on the U.S. military. The war on the middle class. The war on American medicine. The war on civil rights. The war on science. The war on our schools. The war on our allies. Savage truth stopping the coming civil war. But chapter two is the long march. Mm. Wow. And here's what I wrote. I fear the worst. Right now, Americans are angrier and more divided than I've seen them since the 1960s. What fires this rage is that we become a post-constitutional society. As you'll read in the coming pages, the system has been turned upside down. Right now, the nation is a tinderbox that can easily go up in flames because we're increasingly under the thumb of an administration that is destroying our 200-year-old tradition of defending our borders, language, and culture and replacing it with a culture of statelessness and corruption. Read it for yourself. And then I quote, uh, I write... I write about Fort Sumter. On February 10th, 2007, 
some 146 years after Fort Sumter surrendered and the American Civil War began, Barack Hussein Obama announced his first presidential campaign in Abraham Lincoln's hometown of Springfield, Illinois. In that speech, Hussein Obama declared that, like Lincoln, he was, quote, out to free a people and transform a nation. Listen to those words, transform a nation. And what did that transformation consist of? What did it consist of? Take a look at the New York Post and the New York newspapers, and you'll see what a Dominican gang just did to a poor Dominican kid, 15 years old, who was in the police cadets, who wanted to be a cop. They mistakenly thought he was someone they wanted to kill. They dragged this poor kid out of a bodega, cut his throat with a machete, and stabbed him a hundred times in the street, letting him die like a dog. I guess that's what Obama meant when he said transform a nation. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. Several years ago, I warned we were witnessing a purge of our military, a purge of all the true patriots from the Pentagon. Just this past week, I had my warning confirmed by a former Navy intelligence officer. Listen to what I said the left would do to decimate our military. Listen carefully. You're listening to a prophet, not a talk show host. So I'm reading from Stop the Coming Civil War. I'm not going to read the whole entry pages 66 to 72. Let me start. Page 66 of my book, Stop the Coming Civil War, The Benghazi Murderers. Perhaps the most obvious example of how what I see as the decimation of our military is making us a pawn to the world's leftist movement are the murders in Benghazi. I would be remiss if I didn't explain how that night fits into what's happening to our military right now. Do you remember the general whom Obama appointed to replace McChrystal? It was David Petraeus. Petraeus lasted nearly two years before he resigned. By the time he left government service, Petraeus had graduated to the position of head of the CIA. The alleged reason he resigned? He had been involved in an extramarital affair. The administration had known about Petraeus' dalliance with the woman who wrote his biography since he was vetted to assume the position of CIA director. The administration had known about his affair for months before he resigned. Two of America's most experienced military commanders also lost their jobs in the wake of the Benghazi murders. General Carter Ham and Rear Admiral Charles M. Gwet were relieved of duty because they tried to intervene and prevent the loss of four Americans' lives. The first eyewitness to the Benghazi attack, a security guard who worked at the compound helping to protect American personnel, has made it clear that the State Department had known for a long time that an attack on the consulate in Libya was inevitable. Yet few steps were taken to fortify the compound or to otherwise secure it. Reference 18 in my book. And here's what former Assistant Secretary of Defense Frank Gaffney believes happened on the night of September 11th, 2012, based on the available evidence. The Obama administration appears to have been involved in a gun-running operation that was being managed by Ambassador Christopher Stevens out of the Benghazi Consulate. Stevens is alleged to have been coordinating the delivery of military weapons, including as many as 20,000 Stinger missiles to, quote, rebel fighters involved in the overthrow of Libyan dictator Gaddafi. After Gaddafi was ousted, Stevens was said to be further coordinating a massive transfer of weapons to rebels in several Middle Eastern areas, including Syria. 
Many, if not most, of the rebels were affiliated with Al-Qaeda. We were sending them weapons. Did you hear this? Page 67 of Stop the Coming Civil War. The Obama administration appears to have been supporting terrorism through providing weapons to the very Islamists the United States is supposedly fighting against in the war on terror. If this is true, the administration certainly feared that Stevens would make details of the gun running public. Was that the reason why, when the attack on the Benghazi compound began, the decision was made not to send help? Contrary to the Obama administration's official story, General Carter Ham, then the commanding officer of the U.S. Africa Command, was receiving live communications from various intelligence assets that provided real-time details of what was happening on the ground. In addition, there were dozens of CIA operatives on the ground in Benghazi who could have been used to rescue those in danger. General Ham began organizing a special forces team to intervene in Benghazi immediately after he received news of the assault on the Benghazi ambassador's compound. Are you ready for the next statement from the Savage Nation in Stop the Coming Civil War? My books are written for posterity. They're not written uh, for profit. I write them so you have the information you need to know what your government is doing to you and the world. Let me continue. Page 68, Stop the Coming Civil War. Ham began organizing a special forces team to intervene in Benghazi immediately after he got the news. Even though he received the order to stand down, likely from Defense Secretary Leon Panetta, who may have been receiving his orders from Valerie Jarrett, Ham went ahead with his rapid response plan. In order to stop him, one source says that the administration had the commanding general apprehended. Ham was informed that he was relieved of his command, which stopped his attempt to save American lives. In making preparations to intervene, General Ham had been communicating with Rear Admiral Goet, commander of Carrier Strike Group 3. Goet, who like Ham, had received a desperate request for help from Stevens and his team, was also preparing the assets under his command to intervene and save the lives of those under attack in Benghazi. I think that Admiral Goet was relieved of his command because he wouldn't stand down and watch Americans die, as he may have been ordered to do by the White House. General Ham, the general in charge of military assets in North Africa, and one of the men who could have saved the four lives that were lost in the Benghazi massacre, told a Republican congressman that he had not received any requests for military intervention in Benghazi. But after an official investigation, Admiral Goet, too, was disciplined, ostensibly because he had been accused of using profanity in a public setting and making at least two racially insensitive comments, officials familiar with the investigation said. As I said to you before, Joseph Stalin shot his generals. Barack Obama just smears them and then fires them. But the difference is only marginal. The difference is marginal. We have a fascist dictatorship running this country. Let me continue from Stop the Coming Civil War. Page 69. No mention in their dismissals was made of Benghazi. I ask this question. Was it possible that Obama may have recognized that these two decorated military officers were patriots who put duty to their country first? 
Might he have thought that their refusal to deny help to Americans in Benghazi would have denied the administration the ability to cover up the fact that it was supplying weapons to, quote, rebels who were often fighting on the side of al-Qaeda? Might the president have been thinking that patriots like Gouet and Ham would stand in the way of his power grab if it became necessary? There were other casualties on the night of the Benghazi attack. I want to read finally from page 71 of Stop the Coming Civil War. In January of 2014, the U.S. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence released its bipartisan report on the Benghazi terrorist attack. It contained information so shocking, I can't believe it hasn't been the focus of an investigation. The report stated, quote, as many as 15 individuals supporting the investigation or otherwise helpful to the United States have been killed in Benghazi since the September 11th, 2011 attacks, close quote, reference 30. 15 people who helped us in Benghazi have been killed since then? Are we supposed to believe that those deaths are not somehow connected to the fact that these people helped us on that night? Are we supposed to believe that their deaths are just a coincidence? Or do you think that their identities might have somehow gotten into the hands of our jihadist enemies and that those who helped us are being systematically el eliminated by terrorists? The purging of our own seasoned military commanders may well go beyond what happened in Benghazi. I conclude this entry with that. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. It's really hard to believe the madness that the Biden gang is subjecting us to in this nation at this time. But I need you to understand that this is not mental illness. It is calculated. They are intentionally creating the demise of this great nation. And it's all based on a Leninist agenda. Please listen here as I explain the reason behind their radical methods. I'm Michael Savage. The best thing you could do is listen to this podcast and share it with five people who do not listen to me. Listen and spread the word before it's too late. Now, I warned America about immigrants and epidemics 30 years ago. Nobody would publish the book. And I'm warning America about the coming civil war. Welcome to the Savage Nation. On this historic day of October 7th, 2014, I say historic because you know it's the day I've launched my last big opus. I launched the book today, and I'm never writing another one again. So far as I can say right now, I will not do this again. I have increased the risk that I live under by magnitudes in publishing this book. You know it, and I know it. You know what they're doing to anyone who stands up to them. You know how they've crushed the press. You know how there's no longer a Republican Party. You know that the only opposition are a few people left in the media. Savage warns civil war, says Drudge on the top left. He links to the great WND article, One Month Left to Save America. And then you jump to the article. And you ask yourself, is this guy making this up or what? Well, look at the next headline on Drudge. Ebola, Europe, outbreak unavoidable. You see, now it's the do-gooders bringing it into Europe. Isn't that interesting? The do-gooders, the missionaries, are bringing it back into Europe. Isn't that interesting? Here's something else for you to consider. I don't care whether you agree with me or not as to whether Obama is destroying our military, our schools, our civil society. It doesn't matter whether you agree with me on that for one reason. Microbes do not discriminate. They don't know if you're a good psychopathic liberal or not. 
They don't know if you're a diehard returning war veteran who gave his life for his legs for this country. Microbes do not discriminate. They're very democratic microbes. They don't know whether you're black or white, Asian or Hispanic. They don't know if you're gay or straight, transvestite, transsexual, EBDT. They don't know anything about that. All they see is a warm host to invade and multiply. And that brings us all together, doesn't it? Well, you'd say, well, since we're all together on wanting to prevent an Ebola outbreak in America, why did this genius in the White House, who apparently was born in the reeds in Lake Michigan and discovered floating in a papyrus basket, and then he was brought to us to save us. Yes, instead of parting the Red Sea, he has brought us some wonderful things from the third world, third world educational levels now permeating our schools, third world diseases that were once eradicated, re, uh, re-entering the United States. You know, if you look at Africa, and you have some nations that are ravaged by Ebola, such as Liberia, the neighboring African nations do not permit Liberians to enter their countries. Isn't it odd that African dictators, third world dictators in Africa, have more common sense than Barack Hussein Obama? Can anyone argue with that? How is it that third world African despots care more about their people than he does. Well, I guess you'd have to study Chicago politics to understand divide and conquer, to understand exactly how they're conquering us by dividing us. And that kicks off today's historic show on Stop the Coming Civil War. The Ebola Europe outbreak is unavoidable. It wouldn't have been unavoidable if they didn't bring patients back to Europe for treatment but treated them in the countries. I didn't say don't treat them. I said take all the money you're spending and build the clinics over there. But don't send 5,000 American troops there, Mr. Obama. You don't have to hate Michael Savage to listen to him. You don't have to love Michael Savage to listen to him. Common sense dictates. You don't need to have a Ph.D. in epidemiology to know what to do to avoid a viral outbreak in a nation where it doesn't exist. First rule, don't bring them into a country where it doesn't exist. If you do that, you violated every rules of sanity, hygiene, and common sense. Obama's done that. And what sickens me more than any part of this is not what Obama and his left-wing fanatics are doing, but what these useless idiots with MDs and MPHs are doing, which is saying nothing. A pox upon all of them. These fools at Harvard School of Public Health, the UC Berkeley School of Public Health, you name these schools, not one of these clowns who spends millions of dollars on useless research will dare come out and say what I've been saying for months, if not years, if not about Ebola specifically, but about immigrants and epidemics. It was only a matter of time until these third-worlders brought us diseases for which we had no immunity and no treatment to speak of. And now we're living with it. Now we are living with the fruits of multiculturalism and open borders. And the only reason Obama and his masters of public health will not say anything about it is because it will upset the entire multicultural open borders agenda. Because then the dummies in America may just say, wait a minute, that's not working for us. Wait a minute, America's borders, language, and culture are under assault, and look what's happening. Yeah, they just might put two and two together and come up with four. And that's something that you can't have in a nation that's going to the dogs. And I shouldn't say the dogs because I love dogs. But here's something for you to think about as well on the Savage Nation. Which is this, the leftists in this country, those who vote for Obama, say that America is a capitalist, greedy nation. And yet think about it, half of the population is subsidized. 
So half of our population is subsidized, and yet they've been told they're victims. They're told they're victims, and yet their representatives like Obama and Feinstein and Reed and Boxer run the government. Their representatives run the government, yet the poor keep getting poorer. Here's something else for you veterans to think about. Why is it that Obama is cutting benefits for our veterans? Why are there no pay raises for our military? Why has our army been cut to the lowest level in decades? Why has Obama killed weapon systems such as the Warthog? But he's not stopping the payments or benefits to illegal aliens. Just something to think about. One other thing to think about. We are advised to not judge all Muslims by the actions of a few lunatics. But we are encouraged to judge all gun owners by the actions of a few lunatics. Isn't that interesting? One other point that was sent to me, we constantly hear about how Social Security is going to run out of money, but we never hear about welfare or food stamps running out of money. What's interesting, someone says, is that the first group worked for their money, but the second didn't. Think about it, and think about what I mean when I say there is no longer a Democrat party. It's now a Democrat, Socialist, Islamist party. This is Michael Savage. We're going to talk about all these topics and more, including my best-selling book to be Stop the Coming Civil War. And I'd, I'd invite you to call with bookstore stories, because I had one today. I had a story already from my local Barnes & Noble. There was one copy on the table. I said, I could be one copy on the table, and it was just released today. They said, well, one woman came in and bought 10 copies. So he said, well, what about the books in the back of the store? She said, there are no books in the back of the store. If you have any uh, bookstore stories to share with America, maybe you can help wake them up by calling this show right now at 855-407-282. Again, would you kindly visit the top of the Drudge Report, Savage Warn Civil War. Would you read the article, for God's sakes, and send it out on your social media? I, I was awakened this morning by my producer, Neil, who's in his 20s, and he said, hey, 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 what, what, what? Did you see, did you see, did you see? I said, just got up, just got up, just got up. He said, your story on Civil War is number three on Facebook. I said, I don't really go on Facebook. I have an account, but I never go on it. He said, you don't know how big that is. That's what all the young people are on. I said, let's see. Number one would be Oprah loses four pounds. Number two would be Kardashian gains four pounds. And number three would be stop the coming civil war. I said, well, there's hope for America yet. And he laughed. He said, yeah, it means that they're listening and they're listening and they're looking for some advice. Because when it comes to self-preservation, Maybe, just maybe, people are not that stupid. Let's begin in Florida on WFTL. Charles, welcome to the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. I was in Barnes & Noble. Um, I had to climb over a wall of Leon Panetta's books to get into the store. And then there was a circular table, and it said 20 to 30% off, and it's new books. So I'm looking around at the back of the table. Um, away from the, the the store, the door where you really can't see them, was a stack of maybe six or seven of your books. I asked the guy, um, are they 20% off or 30% off? And he scans it and says, no, they're not off. There's no discount. But since it's on the table and I made the mistake, um, I'm going to give you 20% off. Well, first of all, he's wrong. There is a discount. Secondly, the book has been supposed to be in the front of the store. I know the whole system. 
The publisher has yet paid for up, up uh, front of store placement for the first few days. It's a violation of their agreement. And this is why I'm asking my soldiers of the Savage Nation to go out there and report any such incidents because we are being sabotaged across the country by the people with rings on their souls. I don't care if they have rings on their own slaves. And what they want to do is suppress and bury the truth. If there was a book called Johnny Has Three Mommies, I guarantee you they would put it on the front table even if it was not a bestseller. I got to tell you something. If you think that you can take the country back through the ballot box in November, which I hope we can do, that's one thing. But I got to tell you something. When I get reports like I'm getting on this show that in Barnes and Noble and other stores, the book is either being buried or dismissed completely. When the publisher, in fact, bought for upfront placement, I'm going to say something that's quite controversial, but I'm going to risk everything by saying it to you. I want you to be an anarchist. I need you to go into the store, and if you don't have the guts, to pick up my books from wherever they're hiding them and put them on the front table, you're never going to take the... I want you to take the country back one bookstore at a time. How's that? I just made a statement. I'm going to live by it. I don't know whether my publisher cares. I don't know whether Barnes & Noble cares or the other chains. You're going to find my books. You're going to carry them to the front. You're going to put them on the front table or the front counter. And let's see what happens. If you don't have the guts to do that in a bookstore, forget about the country. It means they'll take everything away from you. Many of you say, oh, they're never going to do this, never going to do that. Well, why don't you start in a bookstore? It's a safe place. See, let your heart pound. Let it beat some blood into your, into your jaw. Maybe good for you. Go and do it. Take the country back one bookstore at a time. Don't let them get away with this. New York City, Gary, welcome to the Savage Nation. I pressed the wrong button. Gary's on line seven. Go ahead, Gary. All Go right, Michael, air. you are an intellectual genius. And you ever notice they always, these politicians always scare the senior citizens, oh, we're running out of Social Security money. But these same politicians never talk about running out of welfare checks. And, Mike, they're open border freaks because freaks would only let people in the country with diseases. They'll let terrorists come in. And hold, well, hold on, rain. hold on. Hold, well, I, I know all of this. I even said it yesterday. Why are we cutting benefits for our veterans? But we're not stopping the payments or benefits to illegal aliens. I also said we constantly hear about how Social Security is going to run out of money, but we never hear about welfare or food stamps, food stamps running out of money. That was on my show yesterday. I know. I heard it, and I've said it for years. Mike, I was in two bookstores, an independent bookstore. They didn't have your book. They claim they're going to order it now. I went into to another bookstore, a famous one, and somebody took your book and put it sent in front of center stage, in the spotlight, right in the darn center of that store. Your book is sitting there, there, Mike, and it's looking pretty. That's where it belongs. Well, because you are the man with guts, and I thank you for daring to stand up to these punks, these minimum wage punks who want to push their psychotic agenda upon America uh, because they take books. I know these kids. A lot of them take jobs in bookstores because they think they're raging intellectuals and it's all a joke to them. They're really writing the great American novel you see. And by working in a bookstore and selling these cheap commercial books, they can actually get a chance to control what America reads. You see how that works? Well, you know what? Seize America. Take it back from these kids. They have no right to override their own company's policies. Do what you think is best. Go in there and show the guts that this guy just showed. Put the book up front. That's what I say. It's as simple as that. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership 
and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.